Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. If you would join me in your Bible or the Pew Bible in front of you, uh, today's text comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. Let's hear the reading of the Lord's word today. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to a test. And then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, Is it too little for you weary mortals that you would weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious Lord, we gather here on this fourth Sunday of Advent, coming once again for you to speak to us. Tell us lessons and stories of your coming, so that we might hear your words, hear those stories, and be transformed. So that we would leave this time together with you, not as mere hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Some years ago, a man found himself shipwrecked on an island. It was more or less a desert island. There was really no food growing. There were pieces of driftwood. There was ample fish and sea creatures upon which he could eat, but he realized that this was not an existence that was for the long run for him that if he didn't get rescued, that he very, very really could die. And so as he, built his shepherd, as he built his shelter, as he went and foraged for food that the sea might provide, he prayed to God that someone would come for him. The days led to weeks, the weeks led to months, and he sort of got, he began to lose heart, he got disenchanted, and began to pray to God this prayer, God, are you here with me? Have you abandoned me? Send me a sign. Some days later, when he was down at the shore, again down by the water, fishing, as he turned to walk back up to his shack, he noticed that the cook fire had caught flame and actually was burning his shack down. And he dropped his catch, completely disenchanted. He looked to heaven and he says, Why, oh God, why have you abandoned me? But what he didn't realize is that the smoke from the fire was seen just over the horizon by distant habitated islands, and the folks got in their boats and began to row and sail in the direction of the smoke to see what this was, to see what was happening, and in the process, discovered the man and rescued him. 
I suspect that from time to time, each of us, we have found ourselves sort of proverbially on an island by ourselves where we feel like that we are abandoned and alone and we look to the heavens and we want to know, God, are you here with me? Would you send me a sign? In our text today, what's happening then in the world of Judah and the kingdom of Judah with Ahaz as its leader is that Judah is under siege. The Israelites and the Syrians have made a pact and they are bearing down on the kingdom of Judah. And Ahaz is tempted to make an ill-conceived and unwise alliance with Assyria. And God, speaking through Isaiah, urges Ahaz to not do that, to not forge that alliance, but instead to rely upon God to deliver the people. Ahaz wavers in, on this advice from Isaiah and still contemplates for going ahead and forging that ill-suited alliance. And so God challenges Ahaz, challenges him to ask for a sign, to ask for proof that God is with him, that God will not forsake Judah. But Ahaz refuses. Ahaz wisely refuses because he does not want to put God to a test. And so God speaks once again through Isaiah. And God says, and Isaiah says, God will still send you a sign. A virgin shall conceive, will give birth to a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, this child, this babe in a manger, this Emmanuel, God with us, is a sign of God's love that we are not alone. It's a sign, it's a template for how we could live our lives. And it's the light that we need to reflect to the world around us. I mean, think about this idea. We keep looking for signs and we've been given one. There's an old proverb that says that a child is God's sign that the world shall go on. That there is hope. There's hope in a congregation that sees a family light the Advent wreath. There's hope in a congregation that sees the baptism of young children initiating into the life of the church. Children are just that. They're a symbol of hope. They're a sign of love. The poet Christiana Georgina Rossetti, she wrote the Christmas carol in the bleak midwinter. We've been using that all Advent long as sort of our doxology, but she also wrote another hymn tune, another poem, that best captures this fundamental understanding of Christ as God's gift of love to us. That poem is called Love Came Down at Christmas. And hear with me these words. Love came down at Christmas... Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Stars and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead, love incarnate, love divine. Worship we our Jesus, but wherewith for a sacred sign. Love shall be our token. Love shall be yours. Love be mine. Love to God, love to all people. 
love for a plea, a gift, and sign. See that last line, love for a plea, a gift, a sign. It's a sign that God is with us. That in that moment of time, at the birth of Jesus, there was this thin space, this very narrow boundary between earth and heaven where we could see God with our own eyes. Truly understand God in our midst to really capture what the love of God really means. We've been given this gift And there's something about gifts that is exciting, right? I mean, think about this. When we think about gifts, some of the gifts are gifts that we hold on to, we remember, we marvel at things like art or baubles or trinkets from our travels. They're fun to look back and to remember things by, right? Then there are other gifts that are necessary for our survival, gifts like clothes. There are others that are fun like toys and electronics. But then there are those gifts Those gifts that we receive that somehow change the way we live our lives, change the way we do things. Maybe it's a book that inspires us. Maybe it's an experience. Maybe it's a treasured gift from someone who has marked our lives. But as we reflect upon that gift, we realize that we have been irrevocably changed for the better. My friends, that's what the gift of love in Christ has done for the world. It did more than just change the calendar from B.C. to A.D. It did more. When we realize the impact of that gift, when we let it fully wash over us, we're thinking about everything in life has changed since the birth of Christ. Because of him, this gift of love. I think about when Jesus kicked off his ministry, went to the temple, he read from the scroll that day, and these are the words that he read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim that the year of the Lord had come. I mean, it was his mission statement It's a manifesto of love. And then look at how he lived it out. Look at what Jesus did in the three years of his earthly ministry. I mean, we could pick apart the healing miracles. I mean, Jesus healed the blind, the lepers, the paralyzed, the deaf, the injured, the afflicted. Jesus raised the dead like Lazarus. He acknowledged and honored the outcasts like the tax collectors, sinners, the women of ill repute. He engaged them and drew the circle water and drew everyone on the margins inside to being in the circle because he valued them as children of God. He tried to soften the hearts of the hard-hearted and the self-righteous, tell them see that grace and compassion for all people is what God's kingdom is built upon. He went the extra mile healing on the Sabbath because wholeness was, not, was what was required, not strict adherence to the law. He went to the mountainside and when confronted with a crowd of 5,000 who were hungry, what did he do? But he worked a miracle to feed them all until everyone was full and that the leftovers could not be consumed. 
disciples were tossed at sea, both in the boat and literally in their lives. What did he do? But he brought calm to their anxiety, their fear, and their worries. He sacrificed himself for your sake and for mine, offering us redemption, forgiveness, and salvation. Jesus remained faithful to his calling. Remember that night in the garden when he knew what was to come to pass. He prayed, Lord, Lord, take this away from me. Take this cup from me. He was really saying, Lord, I don't want to do it. But he said, but if it's your will, then your will be done. He prayed that prayer so earnestly that the text says he sweated blood. Folks, that's prayer. So we begin to fully take stock of that mission statement and how he lived it out in his life. We begin to realize it paints this large picture of Christ's love for us. The gift of love that we have received. Well, then you know what we've got to do. If that's what we've received, then we also realize that we are called to reflect and share that gift of love with the world around us. Someone sent me a picture of something they clipped off the internet a couple of days ago, and it was this one sort of color block with a sentence in it. And this sentence, I got to tell you, it's convicting. It said, People always say, put Christ back in Christmas. I'd just be happy if they put Christ back in Christians. Hmm. How does that sit with you? It doesn't sit well with me to put Christ back in Christians. What that tells me is that we've got work to do in reflecting that love that we have received. And then I saw the sign. The sign said, if you want to put Christ back in Christmas, I mean, a strange juxtaposition, you've got to admit it. Maybe it's a holy moment, a holy ground experience. If you want to put Christ back in Christmas, then feed the hungry, clothe the naked, care for the sick, Welcome the stranger and the unwanted child. Love your enemies and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Hmm. I think Jesus taught us that. So if we want to put Christ back in Christmas, then maybe what we've got to realize is that we've received this gift of love and that we've changed our lives and we've got to be called to go forth and change the lives of others by sharing these gifts. And right in the church at Philippi, the Apostle Paul wrote these words, Therefore, if you have any encouragement for being united in Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Holy Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Do not look to your own interest, but each of you look to the interest of others. And in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Friends, Christ is the gift of love to us, and we know what that love means, and now we know what we're supposed to do with it. 
and our relationships with one another have the same mind of Christ Jesus. See, I think outside the walls of this church, outside the walls of your home, those of you that are joining us online, is a world waiting for a sign. That there are people on a metaphorical desert island saying, Lord, are you with me? Are you here beside me? They're looking for a sign. The sign that they're seeking is that they are not alone, that God is with them. And while you and I are not God, we are God's disciples. We are God's children. We are God's followers. And we have seen the signs of his, of his love, and we know what they look like. So we've got to go into the world and say, hang on, God is with you. We've got to make God's love known to them by the way we live, by how we treat them. So they know that Christ has come, that God is with us, Emmanuel. So we must go into the world ourselves. And we must give gifts of love by having the mind, the spirit, and the reflection of Christ in our lives to everyone that we meet, wherever they are, however they are, whomever they are, because that's exactly how Christ came to us, met us right where we are. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.